0: work through the growing pains and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to the How She Did That podcast and happy fake fall. Now, I call it fake fall here because in Albuquerque, it is still like 92 degrees every day. But you better believe that I am still fully enjoying my pumpkin spice lattes daily and occasionally lighting the fireplace and getting all cozy. So September kicks off two super full and super fun months for me and my team. Up first is the Call to Clarity Retreat happening in just two weeks. We still have a few spots left. So if you are a last minute Lucy, no shame in that game. Just come and join us. We would love to have you. Check out all the details at TashaBooth.com forward slash fall dash retreat. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash fall dash retreat. And then in October, it is time for Agency Live. This is my first in-person conference for online agency owners, and y'all, it's seriously getting real now. I'm choosing lunches and snack bars and ordering curated swag bags. It is a ton of work, but so rewarding, and I can't wait to welcome the women who have already registered. At the time of this recording, we have exactly one VIP ticket remaining, and the VIP additions are the Morning Group Hot Air Balloon Ride, and the Wednesday evening VIP dinner. So if that's of interest to you, you're gonna wanna snap up that last spot for VIP post-haste. There is also a podcast-only coupon code for $200 off regular admission tickets. Just use code PODCAST200 at checkout. That is PODCAST200. Agency Live is happening October 17th through the 19th in Albuquerque, New Mexico, my town, and the full schedule is out now. So go check it out and grab your ticket at TashaBooth.com forward slash agency live. That is TashaBooth.com forward slash agency live. Okay, let's go meet our guest. My guest today is my amazing and dear friend, Bethany Hawkins. Bethany is the CEO and founder of Crackers in Soup. Being a black woman who worked in corporate for over 18 years, she knows what it's like not to be heard. So, she decided to create a company that ensures all historically underrepresented voices are heard. Since its inception, Crackers and Soup has worked on over 80 podcasts from creating cover art to helping women create their podcast vision through launches. She has worked on podcasts that are award nominated won awards including her own, podcasts that have 3 million listeners, and one podcast she worked on was even featured in a Princeton course. That is super cool. Believing that sharing knowledge is the only way to help us create generational wealth, Bethany is now sharing what she has learned in her decades of business experience and her podcasting knowledge in a mentorship and coaching program for podcast hosts and podcast business owners. While Bethany exudes extroversion and joy, you'll hear today that she also struggles with anxiety and depression. And I am so proud of her and honored that she chose to share her story with me and with us. So let's go ask Bethany how she overcame depression and asked for what she needed. Bethany, I don't know how we're going to get through this episode, first of all, in a timely manner, and second of all, without laughing through the whole thing, which is craziness because of the topic, but we can do this.
1: I think that this should be how we overcame doing an interview in 20 minutes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it really should. It really should because I don't think it's going to be possible for us. We shall see. So let's start off with tell us more about who you are, what you do, who you serve.
1: Firstly, thank you so much, Tasha Booth, for having me. I love you. I adore you. You know all this, but your d- listeners don't. So it's important for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> So I am Bethany Hawkins. My business is Crackers and Soup, which is a podcast production and coaching company. And we serve women who want to get their stories and their voices heard through podcasting. And we do that through launches. We do that through podcast management. We do that through coaching. We do that through creating graphics, show notes, all of the things, Um, ex- except for like going to your house and helping you record. We do everything except for that. <laughs>
0: I think you need to add that service. No. (laughs) You're like, absolutely not. Immediately now. (laughs) Immediate now. I'm so excited to have you on here because today we're talking about how she overcame and how you kind of got through your business, even in the midst of depression and anxiety. And number one, I think it's so important to be putting names and faces to these things because so often we're like, we think we're the only one, you know, that is dealing with anything. And what I've come to learn, especially now that I'm on TikTok so much, is like, none of our stories are unique. (laughs) None of our stories are unique. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your story and yeah, go from there. I absolutely agree. When
1: we feel like that we're the only ones... We're really like hashtag basic bitches, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but it's really interesting as much as I literally pay my mortgage through conversation and through talking, I didn't talk until I was four. And that was actually all wrapped up in anxiety. So even as young as four, I was displaying all of these characteristics for anxious behavior and depression. I would sit off by myself and I would play with my dolls, and I was very content with that. Nobody talked to me, I didn't talk to anybody. I was like, okay, bet, went home, had dinner, went to bed, Bob's your uncle. Like I was the easy breeziest (laughs) child because I did not want to engage with anybody. I was in my own little world and I was just fine with that. And how I kind of started speaking to people is in fourth grade, all of these people started having sleepovers and I felt like that I wasn't being invited to sleepovers. So I was like, well, I have to talk to somebody if I'm going to be invited to the sleepover. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I I became very conscientious on how to kind of hide the mask Mm -hmm. of anxiety and hide the mask of when I was having depressive episodes. And when people see me on these social media streets, no one really knows that I struggle Mm -hmm. very much so with depression and with anxiety because I am the most extroverted introvert that you will ever meet. Yeah. I can people and to a point where I can't people. And I know that my depression is revving up when I can't people consistently for a, a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then I have to not only cur- curtail my personal life, but my business to allocate For what's going on and i have to take a moment and see okay is this like a medicine change because i'm on medication for this this isn't isn't just a oh i got a little i got a little bit of anxiety oh no sad yeah (laughs) yeah not not to like placate that for anybody that's feeling those those feelings however comma this is like chemical changes within my body Mm -hmm. and it fluctuates with and I, i think a lot of people don't talk about this as well it fluctuates with menstruation yeah So like, there are times in the month where I am like, "Yes," And there are times where I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't, I I must walk around with this weighted blanket on my shoulder and it's like summer and it's like 75 degrees, but I'm walking around with this weighted blanket because I just need something to make me feel okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I think like... We think of when when we think of depression in our brains, we think of like somebody like on the couch, sad and crying. When really, when we think of the people that we've seen, like unfortunately have a really awful end result to their battle with depression, so many of them are like you described, they're the life of the parties, they're the extroverts, and they're hiding and masking, like you said, and feeling all of these things inside. So I think when we speak about it, we allow other people who are feeling this in the dark and who are, um, what do they call it? Like high functioning, you know, depression and high functioning anxiety to come out of the dark and to say like, no, I'm not okay, you know, and, and to be okay with saying that. So I would love to know when, when you are feeling those places where you're just like, okay, I know a depressive episode is coming on because I can't people as much, What do you do? Like, how do you manage your business, your team, your schedule so that you can do what you need to do to feel well and get better and at the same time still make money? (laughs) I truly
1: need to reflect on what has been going on that's either causing this. Is this something chemical or is it environmental? Mm -hmm. So, for example, in February, I
0: overexerted
1: myself and my team, and it's something that I will absolutely never do again. But, in that process of taking on way more projects than we could have handled, I should have seen that, mm-hmm. because this isn't my first month in the rodeo, right? But like we're going into into year four. So for me to have made that rookie mistake at this like late stage in the game mm-hmm. and taking on too much, I imploded inside. Yeah. And n- knowing my cap. It was February needed to happen because I needed to be reminded that when I've exceeded my cap, not only is it detrimental to, you know, my team and their well-being, it's detrimental to my emotional well-being yeah. and my mm-hmm. physical well-being, my mental well-being. So I have to really be aware of what I can take on. And when I have those depressive states, it's it's kind of concerning and scary because the overwhelming feel feeling to just start crying. Mm. And sometimes I can't even like stop that from happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know what to do with it at that moment. That's when I have to have a real conversation with my therapist. I have to have a real conversation with my doctor about the medication and how long I've been on the medication or what, if it's, there comes a time when your when your body just becomes acclimated to it. Right. And it just needs to be switched up. And I, you know, talk to my friends and i send them messages and or my friends are like like the group chat is like where the hell is bethany been (laughs) (laughs) we will come and find you like (laughs) this hoe has been on crickets and she's never
0: crickets
1: (laughs) (laughs) so having people that you know and trust to be your safe place people Mm -hmm. that even in the most of the most despair and even my husband like My husband was at a point where he was like, I'm so concerned. Like, I don't want to go to work because I'm so concerned about you. Mm. And having to really channel in and say to myself, seriously, sometimes like every minute I'm living, like, I need to live for this. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I need to live for dot, dot, dot. And and insert that dot with anything. That kind of is what gets me through when I am in the thick of it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: My, and that's not my normal, though normal for me is actually my anxiousness. Mm-hmm. So I will have those monkey thoughts, those constant thoughts, those things that I just can't stop ruminating about over and over and over again. So I've had to, you know, again, champion therapy all day long. I've had to learn skills, coping mechanisms, like am I writing this down and then I'm shelving this for like an hour so I can actually get some work done so I'm not just completely absorbing myself in that, re- that negative review that somebody had said to me, even though somebody had said 10,000 beautiful things about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that one person said something negative. <laughs> so I must like make a poster of it and make a tattoo of it on my arm. Like that's what I <laughs> most focus on. <laughs> so, deal- so knowing that my anxiety and my anxiousness is kind of the norm and navigating through that, but the depressive state is really kind of like, the scary place that I go. Mm
0: -hmm. So it sounds like your husband is one of those people who can like call you out on it and be like, I'm starting to see this and it's concerning now that you've kind of gone through that February thing with the overwhelm and with like taxing, not just you, but also your team. Have you empowered your team to be like Bethany? (laughs) Like let's have a come to Jesus moment. We are not saying yes to this client or we're saying like, yes, but in March or April or May instead of February, like what, what else have you done to kind of safeguard to make sure that February doesn't happen again?
1: Yes, my team and I, you know, my team, my team and I are open books. We Mm -hmm. like, I know that I am not infallible. So if there is something that I have done or I've put on them that is too much muchness, I invite them to have the conversation with me. Mm -hmm. Um and i accept all of the feedback that they have to provide and then i have truly looked at the months ahead and said okay we're onboarding this person on this such and such a month this means that we can only take this package right now Mm -hmm. so being really aware of not only what we're doing currently and presently but what's up and coming for what we've created for the next quarters because that's going to change how we move and groove and navigate. Even even something as simplistic as increasing marketing yeah. for us dropping new projects or, or new packages, that marketing is going to be very different from all of the stuff that we're currently doing because people are very aware of what we do currently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah having I was those just going to say, yeah.
0: But even like the, the marketing upticks, like those require more of you. So you being cognizant of like, this is all of what's going to require like me and my attention or like our team and our attention, even if it's not client work. Like I I've done that to my team before too. So, (laughs) you know, you know, I know the game where the team comes back and they're like, listen, Tasha, like we appreciate that you think that we're superhuman. We, however, are not. So we cannot take on six clients each at the same time, launching at the same time. So I, I get that part of it, but yeah, having those people around you, that support system that can challenge you and that can be honest enough to be like, we see that you're not okay. And we want to support you in, getting better basically.
1: Yeah. And that's, and total plug for you in the agency thrive mine. having that preparation beforehand is something that I learned in that group. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you're going to be offering things in quarter two, in quarter, quarter three, in quarter four, Mm -hmm. you can't saturate your entire team with things now, and then expect them to be ready for quarter three, quarter four, quarter next quarter one. You can't do that. Yeah. And, That's why I always encourage either joining different coaching groups or do one-on-one coaching or learning from others who can navigate you through that process. Because no matter how long you've been in business, there's going to be some things that you just haven't occurred before or just haven't experienced before. And having people that have, that can navigate you in the right way Mm -hmm. is so beneficial. And it took me like... It took the hard lesson for me to actually adopt and apply the things that I er- learned in Agency Thrive Mind. i <laughs> a <gonna> hard learn. <laughs>
0: really. I, I I never would have known that. <laughs> but I I'm think like, also
1: <laughs> do it the easy way, Shaw. <laughs> <Yeah, sure. laughs>
0: never, never in a million years. But I think also like it's important that you find spaces, whether it be coaching or mastermind or the group chat like we have or something. Where you can bring your whole self and be your whole self, you know, because if the person is just treating you like a business owner, that's only part of the story, you know, like you also have these hard things in your life that you're dealing with, or just being a person and wanting to create that balance of you know, your personal life and what's important to you outside of business. So finding those people, finding that coach or, you know, mentor or whoever who sees you as a full person instead of, oh yeah, like you can, you can do this because you're a business owner.
1: (laughs) And I think it's really important what, what you're doing in regards to TikTok and YouTube, because People don't have to spend the money that they think that they need to spend in order to get that connection and that understanding. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways on social media that is free that you can just lurk. And
0: yeah. then
1: when you're offering commentary and the people are commenting back, that develops a rapport of mm-hmm. safety. Yeah. So if you don't have the foldable dollar bills to invest right now, just put it on your, you know, future purchase. Yeah. But continue to just follow those people that you consider your mentors and your coaches and learn from them until you're ready to make that investment.
0: Yeah. Okay. Second and last question for you is what in all of this are you proud of most of yourself?
1: I am proud that I didn't burn the mom to the ground. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that I'm still married and that, you know, my, my family and I still have a great relationship because they're it, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said at the beginning of this, you feel like that you're the only one and you feel like that you can't articulate and you can't, but having the awareness to say, I can't figure this out on my own. Let me mm-hmm. reach out to the peoples that can actually help me. That is a huge step. And I'm grossly proud of myself for that.
0: Good. Oh, I love that for you. And I am proud of you as well. Thank you. you... <laughs> <laughs> I love the friendship that we have developed over the last few years. It's awesome. So um, last question, where can people find you? People can find me
1: at www.crackersandsoup.com. And I'm on the social media streets. I'm Instagram is crackers, uh, and Soup. I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Just we just will. Type in, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just type in Bethany Hawkins or type in crackers and soup. Whatever's not food. That's us. That's you.
0: <laughs> yes. And it'll all be in the show notes as well. <laughs>
1: yes. And I do have to say, for, for when I was talking about stalking, I stalked Tasha for a good year before I actually reached out to her. So I just don't, you know, talk what I talk. I live the life. <laughs> I live the stalking life.
0: The stalking <laughs> life. And we've been friends ever since.
1: Yes, yes, because I forced myself upon you. <laughs> I love it.
0: Thank you, Bethany, so much. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, be sure to head over to Tashabooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and learn more about my upcoming programs, master classes, and live events. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe until next time.